All right, everybody. Welcome back to Agents of Comic Book. I am Paul Christian. And I am Eric Jackson. That's right. And we're doing more listener requests this week. We're getting back to it because we still had some uh, in the bucket there that we had to get to. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we have a request uh, here from Laserface95 to do a Daredevil book. Uh, he left that request back in November. So Just Laserface. Laserface95. Is that, is that from Guardians? Oh, it might be a reference to that. Yeah, or... it's Guardian. Oh, no, that was Taserface. No, that was Taserface. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So. Laserface. No, he predates it. They, they copied his name. Right. Mm-hmm. They stole it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is Agents of Comic Book. Uh, if you're just joining us for, uh, if this is your first episode listening, usually what we'll do is we do read and discuss one volume of a comic book, usually one complete arc. Uh, we do that every week, every Monday, and mm-hmm. then afterwards we'll always discuss and review one TV show or movie kind of based on that same character or the team or whatever, you know, we end up reviewing that week. Yeah. Usually we end up veering more on the side of discussing the book and then just kind of comparing how they compared to the TV show, but it depends on, you know, the, what we're covering that week. Well, it's tough because a lot of the times there's a lot more to talk about with, like, the book. And and that's kind of how I would, because there's more, there's other a ton of podcasts out there that review, like, shows and movies. So exactly. I think you can get that a lot of places, but yeah. I'm, I'm more interested in, like, discussing kind of, like, how they relate to each other. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I think you get more out of it by kind of breaking down more about the book first. So that's kind of, like, usually why we lean towards that, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I, this week we have, uh, we did get some listener requests. So a listener, Taserface, uh, not Taserface, <laughs> now we're sorry. Gonna, now we're going to be saying <laughs> Laser that Laserface, like I said, requested uh, Daredevil Man Without Fear. That's by uh, Frank Miller and John Romita Jr., which mm-hmm. is the, uh, Frank Miller, by the time this book had come out, had already done like uh, most of his, or pretty much his whole run on Daredevil. And he was coming back to basically say, I want to retell Daredevil's origin. Okay. Kind of now that I've redefined like his whole look and style and everything. Gotcha. So this is him going back and retelling. Telling like the original Daredevil origin in oh, really? like, his own style. So Daredevil's like dad wasn't always a boxer. Or uh, I, I haven't like read the Stan Lee stuff, um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure this, the origin was s- still similar. This is probably just a lot more hardcore. Gotcha. Um, so we're going to be doing that. If you want to leave your own request, we have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash agents of comic book. You only have to join at the $5 level to leave a request. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can request your own episode. I think we're going to eventually add... Uh, more tiers on there as well in case anyone wants to request like you know like a three-parter because we do three-part episodes all the time too oh yeah uh so we might open that up eventually as well uh, okay. once the schedule opens up more but for now if you just want to leave an episode like this one you know design what book we're going to discuss and what movie we're going to discuss or show yeah, yeah uh you can you can leave that and then you can message us on our twitter which is at agents of podcast or if you just want to follow us there in general uh you know we always tweet about comics we'll also follow you back mm-hmm. uh just so that way you can keep up with what we're reading so that way you can uh, uh, you know, this is essentially a book club podcast, so I want everyone to stay caught up, stay stay in the know with us. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but this will also be our, our final episode of 2019. Uh, oh, yeah, We, we right. came in right at the end of this, but so it hasn't really been a long historic year for us. But... Yeah, happy pre-New Year's, I guess. Yes, that's right. Oh, yeah, this, this will be a couple days before New <laughs> oh, Year's. Oh, yeah, so. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but next week, we'll be breaking out that the first episode of 20, first episode of the decade for our podcast. I was going to say. That's a, that's big. Yeah, we can't really give ourselves the, like the year, because wh- when did we start? Uh, we started October of this year, 2019. Okay. What What do you think is the your favorite book that we've covered so far? Out of the, I think we've done 13 books, or 13 uh, volumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you had to, let, let's do like a top three. I mean, you put Doomsday Clock number one. Okay, no, I'm not, <laughs> I won't have this. <laughs> I won't have this. <laughs> um, okay, so three, I'd probably say Klaus. Okay. Uh, are we going to count that? Uh, yeah, we'll count Klaus. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose. And then... Because um, we did Klaus for our Christmas episode. You can, uh, That was last yeah, week. Yeah, that was last that, week. Yeah. 
Damn, I don't know. I'd probably say... See, because for me, I think my number one is definitely um, The Long Halloween. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, the Batman story, because I think that's just the, probably the most classic story we've covered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd probably put Long Halloween top three. I, I, know, I don't know about number one, but... Yeah, honestly, I'd say it's probably between uh, Longest Halloween... The longest the, Halloween. The longest Halloween. <laughs> it, there's never been a longer Halloween. <laughs> the, the long Halloween. That's if someone tried to come in and like one up that story. Like, <laughs> oh, he told the long Halloween. Well, guess what? It's the sequel. This, this is, is going to be the longest one. The longest. <laughs> it's a never ending Halloween. Unchallenged. Jeff Loeb's like, you bastard. <laughs> I can't top it. It's the longest Halloween. But yeah, no, I'd say either long Halloween or uh, Cat or Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> What I talked the game today. <laughs> is there a gas leak in here? I'd say Batwoman. Yeah, because I I actually really enjoy Bat. That was. I like, was gonna say Elegy would be pretty high on my yeah, list that, as well. That blew me out of the water on El- that one. Elegy or that final volume of the J H Williams, uh, like with the one with like bones and uh, oh like yeah. where it's all coming together and then ends abruptly at the sudden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but not the greatest ending. Uh, but anyway, without further ado, the book we're going to be covering today is going to be uh, Man Without Fear, like I said, by Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. So we're going to be breaking down those five issues. Uh, Coming up next. Oh, yeah. So with this book, uh, like I said, this was this was Frank Miller going back and kind of retelling uh, Matt's origin in terms of his style. Because uh, his style, like this style of Daredevil book is vastly different than the Stan Lee, like original stuff. Frank Miller was one of the first writers like in the 80s to like tell this style of writing where it was like very minimal dialogue, but like yeah, yeah. very action oriented, but still like has like a storytelling you follow. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it, it trusted the art to do a lot of the storytelling, which helped, you know, because Frank Miller in his run at least did a lot of his own art. So okay. that kind of came naturally, I think. Yeah, I suppose it's better when you're doing both. You can kind of like adapt it a lot better than having two minds connected together. Right. And because a lot of a lot of artists and writers do like are like very in sync. But it's obviously, you know, if it's coming from one brain, it's a different level of, you know, vision. Oh, yeah. Because um, this whole comic is like, if you, if you read even other comics during this era, like this is one of the first, like, I mean, not not necessarily during this, because this is like the 90s. This is after his run. I was going to say, this was what, 95? Yeah, but if you go back to like his original Daredevil run, that's very much like uh, other runs, like very much took that style afterwards. Okay. And kind of started rolling with it. I mean, you could argue that it's kind of started in like early, earlier X-Men stuff, but this was like, you know, very much the only use that I can remember early on of this, like no... Or not no dialogue, but like very little text, you know. Yeah, it's kind of just like short, like sentences, like it. But it's mostly just inner dialogue. It's basically just how every modern comic is now. Yeah, yeah. But if you go back and read like classic, you know, like Silver Age comics, it's gonna you're gonna notice a lot different style. It's every they tried to cram more in panel for panel to get more storytelling out of it. Yeah, yeah. Which is just a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we start out. This starts out very young in Matt's history. We get him as like a little kid growing up in Hell's Kitchen. Matt's father, uh, Jack Murdoch, is a semi-famous boxer in New York at this point. Uh, yeah, it seems kind of like gold glove stuff. It's not like professional boxing, but it's like semi, yeah, it's like semi pro. Yeah, it's like what you see in like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and like uh, I guess like Raging Bull stuff like that. Yeah, because he's not going to like Vegas to fight at the MGM Grand or anything. Yeah, it's a hard story to adapt these days because boxing isn't quite what it yeah, is it's, now. It's kind of dead. <laughs> but it works like if you can if you just like take your head back and you know put this in the Marvel universe, just be like, yeah, boxing's a thing. Why not? Let's go yeah. with it. Um, 
because his dad is a boxer, but he's not like, you know, a star athlete, like a lot of different portrayals of him try to make him. He's kind of like, he's pretty good, but like he's not allowed to be good because it's all like staged. Mm -hmm. He keeps taking bribes from the mob to like be like, the. it's like the, they're making their own WWE, basically. He's a heel, basically. Yes, exactly. Right? <laughs> he comes in to be the villain, like the one you're supposed to boo. Yep. Because um, he even has a costume that's like called the, the or not, not the Daredevil, but like the devil. And like he it looks yeah, like yeah. a little, like, uh, like he has like this sheet over his head with like these L- cheesy little, little devil horns yeah little horns and ears yeah and so like all the kids at school start making fun of matt for that too They're like oh you look at the, the i think daredevil. he actually i think he actually is called the daredevil oh is he called the dare I, th- I thought it was just the devil but yeah i think sure. it's a daredevil uh so he matt gets teased at school and, like he they're calling him daredevil like trying yeah. to make fun of him uh, at the same time it's like those kids are kind of bold because if your dad's like a freaking professional fighter those kids are taking a big risk making fun of you. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Although they kind of see him as a joke. They're like, what, I'm going to get beat up by the daredevil? Like, uh, maybe. Yeah, you could. <laughs> He's also a mob enforcer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, what the hell? Because that's the other part of his origin is in his free time, they make him like, they're like, they give him a bat and they're yeah. like, no, this is your other job now. Yeah, like, you you're going to be an enforcer for us. Yeah, collect our money. Yeah, so we get a bunch of scenes of him like being forced to like go in and like, you know, beat the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah, so damn, dude, those kids had some balls. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> you might not want to talk shit about my dad. <laughs> you know he like beats people to the yeah. edge of their life, right? Yeah, he, he's uh, he's had a rough time. <laughs> um, he is unhinged, and that's kind of like we'll get to it a little bit later when we compare this to the show. But like that's the show kind of lightened up on how far his dad got pushed because his dad's not like a mob enforcer. Yeah, in the show. he's n- yeah, there's nothing like that. Uh, but yeah, because his dad is like really like you know up against the wall in this because he's like you know he's got a lot to atone for. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and so like we said, this whole thing is kind of like the WWE. So eventually, like they want to turn things so that way the bets can be flipped and like you know money can exchange hands. Yep. So uh, eventually, Jack gets his turn to be the hero and he starts getting fights because other people are taking dives. Yep. Uh, so like Matt doesn't know really what's going on, so he's getting excited like watching his dad's fights you know stitching him up after the fights being like you're doing it dad like yeah. we're, we're going to the top now <laughs> and so it's kind of like heartbreaking he's like no these are all fake like, yeah sorry, it's, like, it's not actually me um yeah and then so the, the day finally comes when it's jack's turn to finally become the heel again like you said mm-hmm. and they're like no you got to take a dive now like you're turning you're turning the spotlights over like you're you're going back in the dumps yep and like he, he's on tv and he's like no i want i want my kid to be proud of me like i'm gonna beat this guy yep and so he like gives him a clean knockout, and then, like it's over from there. Like he pretty much walks out knowing he's gonna die. Yeah, he yeah, it even says like in the narration, it's like, and he walked out of the gym like ready to face his like what he knew was coming. Yeah, so he gets uh, the crap beaten out of him by these mob enforcers and then killed. Yep. But then uh, they do also show um, we we kind of skipped over this part, but the origin of Matt's powers as well, oh, which yeah. was one scene I wanted to point out that I thought was done really well because you get it kind of from Matt's point of view because mm-hmm. Matt, it's just like the classic. Origin. You know, there's the the person he's saving crossing the street from this truck carrying a bunch of barrels of chemicals. Yep. And uh, he dives in front of him. The, the whole there's a crash. He survives the crash, but the chemicals spill into his eyes. Yeah. yeah. And so he's like, it's kind of brutal because he's like screaming in pain. Yeah. He can't, like, can't see anything. Yep. And so you like the the panels like you don't get full panels. It flashes out because he like can't see everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's pretty interesting. Um, one part I thought was kind of that I thought was kind of cool, or at least that I thought like could be cool. Um, is there's these characters who come in like right after the accident and talk to Jack. Oh, right. Uh, and there's like these guys in suits who apparently were like lawyers for this company or mm-hmm. worked for this company who has the, the, the insurance chemicals. company or something. Yeah. And like that kind of made me like think like, like, I wonder if anyone's ever done a, a daredevil story where they like explore who like 
who's responsible what, for the accident. What were those chemicals, you know, and who was making those and why were they so quick to cover it up? Yeah, and like and these dudes cuz the guy saying like like you know, you guys are responsible for this and like you need to make it right and the guys are like, "Well, we know about your connections. Like we know you're the like an enforcer." Yeah. And like so so like they they they've got like they're a little bit dirty. So yeah, like, they're definitely connected with the mob. Yeah. But so, like yeah, they never explain who. Or so like what unless I'm from. not remembering an arc because I've read a decent amount of Daredevil. Like he's probably my favorite Marvel character. I've read the Frank Miller stuff. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis, Wade, uh, Brubacher, Charles Soule, now Zdarsky. So I've read a decent amount, but I don't know if anyone's ever followed up on on who made the chemicals. But I'm sure, I mean he's, that'd be some, enough stories. It'd be an interesting idea. As you said, that'd be surprising because a lot of times when a hero's you know origin or the reason they have their powers is from an accident like usually at some point that ant like whoever yeah like that's how you create the anti-villain yeah yeah exactly so it's like i'm the new daredevil you know it's like joe chill and right shit like that yeah so yeah i wonder because that just got me thinking because it's not followed up on in this book obviously mm, but you know, it'd be interesting after his accident uh mac gets like comforted by this like nun which mm-hmm. is, I guess, how Frank Miller is gonna like try to tie in, like you know, his religious aspect. Cause yeah, because up until because his dad isn't religious at all. And, yeah, like, his mom's not in the picture. Never comes up. Yeah, so uh, this is kind of like where that comes from. I guess it was like, oh, I guess it, I mean, it makes a little bit of sense because it's like a big like time of like crisis for him. So oh it's, yeah, like, re- like you know, looking for anything that's like comforting. Well, one thing I thought was weird about that nun though too is that. She like Matt like she knew about his powers. Yeah, Matt yeah. kind of like starts telling her like about his senses, and she she like picks up on it quickly. She's like, "Oh yeah, those must be superpowers." Yeah, she's like, "You can't tell anyone, but yeah, like, and that you must so you weird. must like keep it secret and like and learn to use them." That none like, doesn't come up again, but it's like, never. It's almost like I almost wonder if she was like working for Stick or something. I know. Yeah, she must have had or be like super nun or some shit. Or, yeah, like, she's like a vigilante nun who like who like takes care know. of superheroes who just went through their accident. Yeah, <laughs> unless it's a weird co- coincidence because it, it would almost make sense if Stick like you know sent her to just yeah. be, like, kind of like warm him up to the idea of just these... be like a maternal presence. Yeah, like, to kind of like help him through his accident because Stick wasn't quite ready to make his approach. So it's like kind of just like send someone in, get him lubed up to the idea, get him back on his feet, possibly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Having powers, yeah. Um, but speaking of Stick, we kind of get our uh, first introduction to him right away in this first issue as well. Yeah, because um, Stick is awesome. Um, yeah, and it's cool because throughout the books, um, well, like when he when Matt's first goes blind, like he can tell like someone's been following him. Yeah, but he doesn't know who. And like they show panels from behind of like back shots of Stick, but they don't introduce him until like a like the next uh, issue. Yeah, because Stick Stick is really really cool, and I almost wish he was in this more. He's in the the. He's right- in a. Uh, pretty big amount yeah i know but he's, I, like he's missing for like a couple issues but then he shows up in the last yeah I, I mean i guess you could argue that like because he shows up at opportune moments it makes it like a little bit cooler yeah yeah um but i mean it's i still would have like it's just because i like any scene that he's in so i like any i would always like more of it yeah yeah um because we get some i mean as far as the art in this book we because we've re- actually talked about one John Romita Jr. book before it was that Black Panther book we did. Oh, oh, um, he did the art for that. Yeah, he did. Oh, wow. But granted, that was a lot later. Oh, gotcha. Because this is like uh, John Romita Jr. in the nineties. Yeah, this is like ten years. Whereas before. That, that book we did was yeah probably Mid-2000s, ten years after. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, late John Romita Jr. I really don't like at all. This stuff though is like, I'm because I'm in, I'm I have a hot take. I'm John unpopular take at least. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of John Romita Jr. So. Okay. Uh, most people do like his art. I'm Are we not, gonna I'm, get attacked for that? I'm, I don't know. I hope not. I mean, yeah, the lights go out. Right. I heard you don't like my my Talk. artist <laughs> talking shit. Um, 
but I will say that this, like his Daredevil stuff, or at least his Frank, like this run of Daredevil. I don't know if I like his art in the Anacenti stuff. Okay. Um, but this run of Daredevil, like his art is, I have no complaints at all in this. book. Yeah, I loved it a lot. Yeah, in this book, I have no complaints. Like, like it, it's got a very minimalist style, but like it, it is just in the right way. Yeah, because my only, I, I think, issue with John Romita Jr. art is it's and it's like a styly thing. So some people might like it. It's just it's very like liney, and that's yeah. not the right word for it. I'm not an artist. I know, but, I know, because I thought the same thing. I was like, I don't want so s- many lines. Yeah, like, I don't like wanna, it's for shadows. I it, get it, but yeah, exactly. And it, it, I'm sure art people know a term for it. There's probably some way to describe it. Yeah, it's like it, shading but, or something. But it, he uses it uh, pretty often to create shadows. But yeah. sometimes it like does not look right to me. It looks choppy sometimes. Yeah, because like sure. there's one scene especially where like stick is like it's like one of the first scenes you see him as where he's completely in the shadows and oh. he just looks like a, a striped like uh, zebra man and I'm like <laughs> you are a man of lines <laughs> um, but for the most part I mean it, it really where there's some spread pages and like some fight scenes especially where like his art like does this perfectly oh and, yeah like, his Wilson Fisk is like unparalleled like his oh, Wilson yeah. Fisk is amazing <laughs> it's kind of funny too uh, his sound effects that he does are funny because like obviously for like punching he'll do stuff and then the, I remember there's uh, specifically a scene where he's in like a warehouse and a bunch of trucks bust in with dudes like shooting AKs yeah and it's literally like braca 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 oh yeah the cl- <laughs> classic braca 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 <laughs> it's hilarious so we get back to this point where Matt is he's you know he's trained in his powers now his dad is dead um but he's he's kind of farther along at least than we see in the in the show uh, comparing it to that again because uh, in the show it seems like you know he kind of gets trained as an adult where in in the comic book origin he is like training from pretty much this point on because as soon as stick finds him he starts his training and he's like already it seems like already like a ninja by like age like 12 gotcha because like um in at least in this story yeah like, he seems i, I know i i, I don't know if too. i like what? that too much because he, he seems pretty young when he's already oh he, like, yeah he looks like uh maybe like it might be high school maybe it's mi- freshman middle, high middle school, school maybe school, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, cause a lot of these next couple issues are like him as a kid going and taking out the enforcers who killed his dad. Yeah. Um, and which yeah, is, I hope it's high school. <laughs> 12 years old would be way too Yeah. Young. That's gotta be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. How guys- old was that kid? Oh, he had to be in like at least 30. He, he was definitely at least 25. Slim boy though. Petite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with the strength of 10 men. Oh yeah. He's uh, super powered. Of course. <laughs> who would have thought? Because uh, Matt, like, even as a kid, is going through basically systematically taking out these mobsters, which is cool, but it looks like a little ridiculous with being a kid. It almost adds a little bit of believability to where he's at as an adult then, though. Yeah. Because then you could be like, well, he's been, like, training. He's been, like, had these Years. ninja skills for, like, since he was a kid. So now he's, like, a master. Yeah, so, I suppose. So it, at the same time, it may it maybe takes a little bit away from the real, the believability then, but it adds more later on. So yeah. I, I think it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, So I, I'll take it. I, like, I kind of like it. Yeah, it evens out. The one part I don't know if i like during this whole thing is like him like accidentally like brutally murdering people this whole time <laughs> well no he he only murders he, the one woman because he i mean he almost kills a couple people well, yeah i think you're right i mean because a couple one that well that first guy looks like he's dead oh there's there's definitely a handful there's that guy of, in the alley who's just like bleeding from his head there's a handful of people that should have been dead but for comic i for, think the comic is for you story might, reasons you might be right the comic might be implying there he's alive well i mean because yeah. even in the show there's a part where he like paralyzes a guy yeah you're right and, or and puts him in a or not paralyzed but there's but no mistaking it because there's a part where matt's like fighting his way through like this like strip club oh yeah and uh, 
fighting mobsters and he accidentally knocks a woman out the window, one mm-hmm. of the strippers out the window, and she like falls out and he says he like you don't see it, but he says like I can hear the breaking bones and the blood splattering. Yeah, I'm like, like, oh my god. The crunch, yeah. Yeah. So like Matt accidentally well, we'll get to it yeah, in a second. It's brutal. Here. As she's falling out the window, she's just like, please, God, no. It's just like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. So Matt's <laughs> like, oh, I accidentally killed that woman. So Frank Miller decided like he needed to accidentally kill a woman to I like, feel like and yeah, honestly, unnecessary. that's kind of a, fr- that's right up Frank, that's like Frank Miller's Yeah, MO. Frank Miller is not a champion of women. He's got a thing about, like, violence against, like, sex workers and strippers. Yeah, like, it's, it's a problem. He has that theme a lot. It's a problem. <laughs> um, but what what I do, what's interesting about this scene, though, is uh, Anne Nascenti, a later Daredevil writer, shortly mm-hmm. after this book, actually, uh, flipped it and reversed it on that. Okay. Because she created a who's now kind of like an iconic daredevil villain, a Typhoid Mary. The uh, Typhoid Mary, she her origin is she was that woman. Okay, and she was like always like a. I think she's a mutant even. Okay, um, and she is like a psychic. She can like control people. Okay, uh, and she manifested her powers falling out of that window because uh, it was like a time of crisis, and so her powers manifested by instinct. Gotcha. So. And Nascenti kind of bit like I, I'm very thankful for it because it retcons that out of the continuity where Matt yeah. doesn't have this woman's brutal death they hanging just over him kill the whole a time. random woman. Yeah. So <laughs> later on, he learns like, oh, she's survived. Granted, like now he's responsible now he's, for her origin. Now she's a villain, which you could argue would have happened either way. But I mean, still, he's involved. So yeah. like, I, I think that's a better story to tell than like, yeah, that time I turned a woman into spaghetti. Yeah. At least it's a bit of redemption. Yeah. So so it was it was kind of cool that she was able to like do that and kind of mm. save that a little bit because that's the one thing that made me sour reading this book i was like oh i don't like that <laughs> no it's just so dumb it's, it's like, unnecessary this dude's a, like a world-class fighter who literally uses sound like he wouldn't hear a person behind her and not bump into her yeah like and it should have been like he like accidentally hit one of them too hard and killed him if you're gonna do yeah, something yeah. like that like that's better because like he didn't pull a punch enough yeah because like, then that t- then that shows like why like how he's like fi- how he fights nowadays that's a little bit better yeah like that's even a storyline in the newest daredevil run where he's fighting criminals and he's like super worn out and accidentally kills one of them okay uh, by just like hitting him too hard head trauma yeah, yeah. And so like that's the whole point of the run is like him dealing with that so Which, like you can tell a good story around that that's cool too because like because in reality that should happen a lot more often in right. these universes <laughs> right it's just like daredevil is always meant to be more of like a gritty real book so like you can tell that kind of story in a daredevil book oh, whereas yeah. it might not be appropriate and like it's not Spider-Man. gonna happen in superman yeah like or, or like peter parker's <laughs> not gonna be like i hit him too hard his head exploded like, <laughs> superman too right exactly and well for superman be like i punched him so hard his head flew to the sky <laughs> Uh, Electra's role in this kind of comes in in the middle two issues as well, which I'm not. Yeah, it's late. I'm not really a fan of Electra's role in this book, to be honest. Either that might be my my other negative aspect of this book. Um, yeah, she's kind of just like a mysterious she's, woman. She's in here just to kind of like take Matt to like the edge of like you know like being Daredevil. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you know doing edgy things, like uh, you know taking like risking his life, getting him a uh, taste for that. Mm-hmm. So she's really just in here to like advance like his development, which is okay, but it's like she's. It's uh, you could do a lot better. You could do a lot better. Yeah. Um, and like she's kind of just a story tool, right? Exactly. And like, you, there's a couple cool like fight scenes with her and stuff, but yeah. it's like I don't know if it's worth it. Like, it's not like you they get, don't mean anything. You get a lot better Electra stuff from his main Daredevil run. Like, okay. I think he just wanted to put her in here just to because he created Electra, so he wanted her to be tied into his origin from the beginning. Yeah, and I'm. I mean, I guess it's, it's kind of understandable because if it's a Daredevil origin story, you don't want to devote too much time to a, a separate character. 
Yeah. You, you kind of just want to, because, I mean, most of the people that are reading that have already read his Daredevil run, so like, it's kind of just a teaser. And he does have point. an Electra book. Yeah. So, I mean, so, but, you, but you still, you could have done better if you're going to have her in this. You could have added a little bit. Instead of just her bit. being in this, just to, like, bang Matt and, like, kill people. <laughs> yeah, bang Matt, kill people, and, like, just scare the shit out of Matt by doing crazy stunts in a yeah, car. Yeah, because the most interesting part with her comes at the very end, and it's just a line, and then yeah. it's over, because yep. she mentions, like, her dad dies, and then she, and, like, Stick visits Matt in the night and stick is well like, she she killed her dad yeah yeah um because because she's like and we'll get it that's what i wanted to the talk voice about. is told yeah. her too because stick visits matt in the night and 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 he's like Listen, tells like, her yeah like, she's she killed her dad like this isn't like bad like she is yeah, she's um, poison yeah she because stick works for like basically this order that fights the hand yeah um and the hand is like this ancient like kind of mystical evil uh clan of ninjas gotcha and so there, that's that's who the voices are. Who Electra is is hearing? Like she, like she is kind of like being whispered to, probably by magic from the hand. Okay. To try to convert her, to kind of like make her like you know get into killing, you know, make killing not so hard for her. Gotcha. Uh, and then then by by the end when her dad when her dad is dead, like she's like, okay, I have nothing now. I'm just gonna go be with them. Yep. So that that that's the most interesting part at the very end when she's like, yeah, I'm being drawn by these forces of darkness, and here I go, I'm going to deal with that. Mm. Like I would rather Matt go deal with that and have the story be that. If exactly. You're gonna, if you're going to tie in Electra at all, that's where you need to go. Yeah, you should have that. You should like have that story resolute in a conflict where they both are in like interacting with it, right? And if not just her fucking off. If you're going to have it at all, yeah, yeah. Because by the time I'm interested, I'm like, oh, it's over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I got to go read the other book, right? Which I mean, I guess is a good writer's tactic. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> read um, my other stuff. Uh, but these last two issues are probably my favorite of the book because this is where like the final kind of like this all centers around one conflict essentially. This is where Wilson Fisk gets introduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, his intro is so cool. Oh, it's great. I even tweeted a, uh, a picture um, of my favorite page from that book earlier today. Like the whole page of him with like the rose. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah like him like standing over the city and then he opens the curtains. Yep. Yeah, it, it's fantastic because yeah. we just see like a table of these like businessmen who we're assuming are just like the mob. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's this one guy who looks like he's supposed to be in charge and be super fancy. He's got like this comb back hair and an eye patch. Like he's supposed to be a badass. Yeah. And uh, at, at the end of the meeting fit, like you just see this man come up behind him and like start massaging his head. Well, the guys like he's cause uh, some of the guys at the table are talking about, you know, doing child prostitution and yeah. sex trafficking. And the mob guys like, listen, like we started this just to make money. Like I'd like, we were just going to rob people and make money. Like I, didn't do this to sign up to like sell sex slaves and kill people mm-hmm. and then like yeah the, the hands come up behind him yeah so that so that that's when that's when new leadership comes in and wilson yep. fist comes up behind him and this is this art is fantastic because you just see like his sleeves and like these giant mitts yeah of huge his hands hand, yeah. like the size of the dude's head like, cartoonishly big hands yeah. but it looks awesome because he just like grabs him by the head and just like twists his head yep because he's like oh that that's nice i love it when people massage my head <laughs> he's and like you've like, got such strong hands kerchunk yeah <laughs> Uh, and then that's when Wilson Fisk opens the curtains. He's like, this is my city now. Like, it, it, the narration tells us, like, he's been spending all this time, like, building a silent majority, basically. Yeah, like... Like, once like, everyone knew he was in charge, he just killed him, and then yeah, without anyone knowing... Yeah, putting things in place for years, yeah. silently. Because uh, the whole the whole conflict that we're going to be following uh, to close out this series is basically... Uh, it's kind of set up very forced. It's like I don't know if they needed this much explanation, but the explanation is essentially that there's this movie being filmed and they want to save money on special effects. <laughs> so they literally kidnap a girl and they're like, "Yeah, we're going to make it a snuff film now." I'm yeah. like, "That is making things more complicated, not 
less complicated. So over the top. It's way easier just to get money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, you've got plenty of money. <laughs> like, if they were just going to go with the, yeah, it's sex trafficking, I could have just gone with the story from there. Exactly. This is like put, wait, putting a hat on a hat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm, this logic is not making sense, but let's just go with it. Like, Matt needs to rescue the girl. I'm good with it. Let's go. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this whole time, Matt is, like, he's still kept up. He's still very religious at this point. So he's mm. met met this kind of like this orphan girl at this uh, at this church yep. who uh, he's kind of like build, built a friend, friendship with. Mm. But this girl on her way home, like, um, just kind of walking uh, down the street, gets kidnapped by Wilson Fist men who are like, well, we need to save money on special effects. It's easier <laughs> to save, you know. So they kidnap the kid and uh, Matt is able to, like, overhear what's happening and knows he needs to rescue this girl. Mm. And there's even a good shot of him, like, on the rooftop of the building, like, in his suit, just like, yeah. listening to him in the rain. Yeah, it's all, and they they do that right out of the show, or the the show uses like that similar type deal. Yep, because that's one of the coolest parts about Daredevil is like his powers can just be used in so many interesting ways that yeah. tie together really well. Well, like, and I don't, I can't remember if it's that scene or a different one, but there's a part where he has to like it is that scene where he has to like lock in his hearing and focus on just like the sound of her voice while yeah. also fighting like three other dudes and yeah, like trying cool. to chase it. So he's so, doing like five things at once. Yeah, because his powers like you know he can like focus, listen for specific things. He can like, lie detect people. Mm. He, he uses it to fight. Like there's a lot of really interesting ways they use his powers. Oh, yeah. That's what makes Daredevil a lot of fun, I think. Oh yeah. Because like he's and that's what kind of makes Spider-Man fun too. Like they have very unique powers that other characters don't have. Yeah, it's very it's kind of it's similar to Spider-Man just in the fact that, you know, they're kind of in tune with just like well, the spider just, sense, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a little bit similar. But I, I just like how it's like a little bit more than just like super strength. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like the fact that super strength isn't a part of it adds a lot to the story. Oh, too. for sure, yeah. Because like he'll get into parts where he could, like he can get matched by anybody physically. But I was going to say just about so, skill. So in Daredevil, like it's for sure like he doesn't have like super strength. No, not at all. He just like is as super. He's he has expert like ninja training and reflexes. Yeah, but yeah. He doesn't so have super he's strength. like Batman. Yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah. He's, okay. he's, like, probably peak physical human condition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but these next two issues read very quickly, because it's all... This is what, the, what I was talking about when I say, like, Frank Miller is, like, the, like really one of these early great action comic book writers, because you get lots of, like, almost, like, straight-up pages of just, like, action scenes, like, mm-hmm. just panel for panel, and, and uh, John Romita Jr. does a great job of just, like, of the progression of the fights. Like, you can kind of tell, like, what's happening at all times, too. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, it looks great. He's got like the, uh, he doesn't have quite the daredevil costume yet. He's just got the, uh, the black suit with like the bandana around the top of his head, yep. which is kind of cool. Cause like he doesn't need to see. It's so a that's cool all he look. Needs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cause, cause people like are like, how is he seeing? Like, a, I don't. Yeah. If I saw that guy, I'd be like, Oh, that do not fuck with that guy. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> he's either crazy or he's super fucking sane. And he does, uh, you know, he gets as far as being able to like break in. Uh, there's the, it's really creepy cause there's like this whole building of just like kidnapped, uh, like orphan kids who are just yeah. like about to be part of these like snuff films. It's yeah. very dark. It's very dark. Um, but so Matt breaks in, rescues all of them, and uh, but on his way out, like the cops show up, mm-hmm. which is uh, as we've been reading this, have we've been told time and time again that the cops are all on Wilson Fisk payroll. Yeah, because like there's even times in the comic where it's like uh, he's trying to figure out who this vigilante is who's messing with his business, and he mm-hmm. knows it's not a cop because he's like I pay all the cops. Yeah, it's like there's no way. So by the time the cops roll up, like uh, you know us reading it and Matt, he's like oh fuck. Yeah. You know, like I should have saw this coming. Yeah, so he so he's got to like escape the police. Like he can't just trust them to take the girl and you know 
and everything will be fine. Like, yep. he's going to take it right back. Yeah, so he's in the back of the cop car, and he's got to make, like, this escape, which is pretty cool. So he's got to, like, kick through the front and, like, the you know, get them to crash the car. <laughs> yeah. There's another part where he's, like, focusing on her voice, like, running away in the other truck. He crashes, has a concussion, basically, and he's still focusing on, like, her voice so he can track him. Yeah, so it's just, like, he's kind of, like, learning how to, like, use his powers, like, in these dire circumstances. Yeah. Which is, it's really, really cool. Yeah, it, like, literally just doing it on the fly. And this creepy, like, uh, it's like a very 90s design for a villain where he's, like, got the blonde ponytail and the sunglasses and I know. Suit. <laughs> it's like Charlie from the Lethal Weapon it, remake. It very much is, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely it. Uh, but he's kind of, like, we're told he's, like, Wilson Fist, like, it's his go-to guy. Yeah, and, like, originally, because dude's got sunglasses on, too, because yeah. it's just making it even more tropey. <laughs> and I, so I was like, oh, are they going to make this guy, like, a blind assassin, too? It was like, nah, he's just a 90s douche that wears sunglasses 90s, everywhere. 90s, yeah, that's pretty much, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Matt, Matt takes him out by like deflecting the bullets like Geralt which yeah, is he's like, cool. I, he's like, I don't want to kill you, but like, if you don't let her go, like, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, so he deflects the bullets, which like, which hit him in the head. Yeah, right between the sunglasses. Uh, and what what I thought was kind of funny is like, this is where he gets his first line. He's like, No, call me Daredevil, which I'm like, Oh, cool. Like, this is where he gets his name. But yeah. then, uh, even though the guy dies, um. For some later reason, on, they're like, "Oh, they say that you're called Daredevil." Yeah, the name Daredevil <laughs> spread throughout the city. I'm like, "From who?" <laughs> He's dead. It was just some guy in the corner, like listening, like trying not to be seen. It's like Daredevil, what the fuck? Or did he like write it in blood, like Daredevil? <laughs> I mean, if he was like Zombie Brain, yeah, you never he know. Shot the head. <laughs> Maybe Doctor Strange brought him back. Who knows? True. Uh, but then at the very end, we do get one one final shot where he's like, I did some stitching. I've learned how to sew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, which, um, so he jumps out and he's got the, the classic Daredevil suit finally at the Damn. very end. Uh, so we, we we don't really get the Daredevil suit throughout this book. It was all like the the black uh, with the, the bandana. Yeah, like it, how it is in the, the show. Yeah, that's why the show goes with that uh, that costume for pretty much their whole first season as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this sets up pretty uh, pretty nicely. I'm glad we got this book first because uh, this is a pretty good one for like you to open up like for reading yeah, Daredevil. I liked it a lot. I, yeah. re- I, I like started it on Friday night and read through the whole thing in one sitting. Yeah, and as someone who's like read all these Daredevil runs, I can tell you like it only gets better from here. Like I wouldn't even rank this that highly like on my like Daredevil Frank list. Miller's run. No, I just mean Daredevil in general. Are there like are there a lot of good writers? Well, in yeah, Daredevil? this is this. I mean, I would say the other Darede- uh, Daredevil Frank Miller stuff is a little better than this too. Okay, because like his, yeah, uh, you you mentioned that earlier. His main run and then especially Born Again is like very very good. Okay, um, because Born Again is like his classic Wilson Fist story. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and this one like. And it was cool seeing like the intro of Wilson Fist, but like he really did nothing and like kind of just got his plan thwarted yeah. like right away. It's, o- it's only yeah, he- <laughs> literally his first mission out of hiding, and like Daredevil stops him, just like God damn it, yeah, well, like, eh, whatever. Like better I- luck next time. Yeah, it's like it's not like I'm in jeopardy. <laughs> it would have been cool if there was more Wilson Fist, but you know, it, I get that it wasn't really supposed to be all him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's only it was, five issues. It was too. cool to get a taste. Yeah. But yeah, if, for continued Daredevil reading, I, I'd say the next one to read would definitely be like Frank Miller's main run, and then Born Again would be like you should read that like right after that. I'd say okay. Um, but then I think my favorite uh, Daredevil run is probably the run uh, sometime after this by Brian Michael Bendis in the mid two oh, yeah. thousands. Yeah, you definitely my mentioned favorite that one. name a lot. Yeah, so um, so he, that's definitely like my favorite Daredevil run. Okay. Uh, which follows up on a lot of the, of the of these threads, you know, brings back a lot of classic Daredevil characters also. But then from that point on, pretty much. Daredevil never stopped being good. Like, there's a couple stinkers in between, but you can pretty much just keep reading it onwards and always have fun. Like, it's a okay. really, really, really good book and a uh, character who's like consistently always written well, 
which is amazing. Nice. Because I can't really think of another character, like, in all of comics who's written so consistently well. Like, not even Batman. You know, it's crazy. That's literally what I was going to ask next. Like, Batman has had some great runs, but I wouldn't say consistently great runs. And I feel like that's understandable, because A, it's been around forever, and B, like, it's it's such an iconic character. Like, I couldn't, I can't imagine the, I can't imagine the stress and pressure that puts on writers who, like, get something that big. I think that's part of why Daredevil gets the success that it does, because it's a big enough character that there will always be a Daredevil book. Yeah. But it's not so big of a character that, like, you get like three Daredevil books at all times. He yeah. shows up in everything. There's, it's not one of like the big. Like, it's not a flagship character. There's always going to be like one Daredevil book going on, but it's always going to be happening kind of on the side of the Marvel universe. Yeah, where it can do its own thing. Gotcha. And it can like tell its own story. Whereas Batman is always involved in all the shit at all yeah, times. All the- and there's always like four Batman runs going on at once that have <laughs> yeah. to keep continuity with each other. Oh, God. So like Daredevil is in that perfect spot where it'll never be canceled, but it can just keep doing what it wants. Gotcha. It's perfect. And it'll draw good writers. It's uh, Daredevil's the shit. <laughs> uh, but that will bring us to the end of, uh, of Man Without Fear. So after this, we're going to be talking about actually the first four episodes of the Netflix adaptation. Uh, yes. So we're going to be talking about that next. All right, so we're uh, as requested. Uh, Laserface wanted us to. He, he didn't specifically say how much of the show he wanted us to talk about. He just said if you want to talk about Daredevil season one. So we we just talked about as much as we thought we could fit in the episode. Because uh, I didn't want to try to talk about it the whole Daredevil season one in one episode because we'd just skip over all of it. Um, so we're going to definitely discuss the rest of it later on as we go through other Daredevil books. Yeah, I mean we, we don't want to give him too much of a. <laughs> a freaking like that's a, a big most people we just dedicate like an hour or two to hey, that, that would have been a whole 10 I, I would have given it to you laser face eric may be a stingy bastard i would have let you have it i had a lot of things <laughs> to watch and read i watched four i, I would have let you have it laser that was dedication oh uh, yeah so this uh i'm really glad that this netflix added i'm really glad this netflix adaptation happened because up until this point daredevil i think was kind of seen as like a big joke because of the movie yeah yeah because uh, up until this point all we had was that Matt ben affleck movie uh, yeah. which was not very good. Not good. Um, at least from what I've heard, I have not actually seen it myself. I've seen it. It's not good. Okay. <laughs> so I'll take your word for it. Um, so this came I around. I mean, it's it's not like Green Arrow bad, but yeah. it's not anything. It doesn't seem like it was a, a faithful adaptation of the comics, at least from the scenes I've seen with Elektra. Yeah, Elektra is like a totally different character. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the Netflix show, uh, we're fortunate we got. Um, the Netflix uh, Marvel stuff is weird in general because Daredevil started out very good. Um, and then Jessica Jones was also very good. And then it just started getting progressively worse because Luke Cage was like, you know, it was pretty it was pretty good, but it had its problems. I think they just started like putting too much eggs in the like. One I don't basket. know. Or they just, yeah, they reached the formula and got lazier, just ran yeah, out of ideas because then weird. Iron Fist was terrible. And the Defenders do not watch. Yeah. The Defenders is, is bad, bad. <laughs> that's 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 that bad TV. Yeah. Um, but the Darede- Daredevil season one and season two are both very good. I haven't seen season three myself and we, we might watch it down the line for the show. OK. Um, just because by then the Defenders had already come out and I was sour on the whole Netflix universe in general. And I was like, I I, I can't. Yeah, yeah. Because if they even reference the Defenders, I'm going to get mad. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Netflix show opens up with, uh, it's cool the way they adapted Daredevil too. Because the first, they're basically going through it. They adapted all the Frank Miller stuff essentially. Because uh, the first season is Man Without Fear, almost to a T. With some added stuff in there too. Because they have to do 13 episodes. Um, yeah, yeah. 
So Man Without Fear was the first season. The second season is pretty much uh, Frank Miller's main run on Daredevil. So it's like a lot of like Punisher and Elektra stuff. Okay. Uh, and then the third season was basically an a- adaptation of Born Again, which is what I've been hearing. Okay. Uh, that main Wilson Fist story. Gotcha. So it's kind of cool how they were able to adapt like the three main chunks of the Frank Miller thing right before it got canceled. I know. <laughs> so they at least got that much in. They never yeah. got to my favorite Daredevil stuff. Because uh. the Bendis run, I don't want to spoil it, but there's some really, really, really good like. Game-changing Daredevil stuff that happens in that run that would okay. be cool to see adapted. Gotcha. Uh, but this show opens up. We it's all um, like we get the origin of Matt's dad, kind of like we did in the comic. It's a little bit different in this one, like we mentioned, because mm. he's not a mob enforcer. He's just a boxer who sometimes takes falls. You know, yeah, takes bribes. just to get money when he's in a bind. Um, although he is a little bit smarter because his plan in this one is a little bit. It's more like the Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, because he's told to take a dive, but he knows he can win, mm-hmm. and he wants his kid to see him win, just like in the in the book. Yeah. Uh, but this time, what he decides to do is he doesn't just like decide to die. Like he's got a plan. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, listen, I'm gonna place a huge bet on myself because mm-hmm. everyone is betting against me. All the people who know the fix is in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if I place a bet again uh, for myself, and then dip out of town and cash out, like I can, I can give my son all the money, and like we'll be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, except he's st- he doesn't do as well as Bruce Willis. He gets caught anyway, you know, escaping or like trying to leave town. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and winds up dead in an alley where Matt finds him, and like the police are doing an investigation. Yeah, super bad timing. Yeah, <laughs> and the kid, they just let him in. Like, hey, the kid's blind. I'm like, that doesn't mean you should let him into a crime scene, <laughs> right? Like, he's gonna contaminate it. Yeah, that's kind a, of important. This is a bad idea. <laughs> this is not protocol. Um, but yeah, so Matt, uh, you know, has to see his, his dad get killed by the enforcers um we cut to modern day where we see matt as an adult uh already like full onto his ninja training they, they for these first few episodes don't really go over his uh his training with stick that'll come later in the season yeah yeah. uh because stick is played by scott glenn who is awesome in this show uh if you keep watching it, well, you'll definitely see a lot of him. Oh, oh, dude, I have to watch the rest of it now because I love Scott Glenn and yeah. I love Sticks. Because so. he's also in The Leftovers, which we love. And, dude, yeah. that, uh, I've, you, I remember you telling me that now, but now that I know what character Stick is. Yeah, he's, that, he's, one I, of my fa- he's probably my favorite character in I the show. I definitely got to watch it now. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, he'll, he'll show up later on, but we just kind of see him in the costume we saw in Man Without Fear, where it's the black bandana and yep. just dressed in all black. Just mm-hmm. looks like a ninja, pretty much. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, For the, how minimal it is, it's awesome. Yeah, the the opening scene is him like on the docks with Turk Barrett, who uh, in the comics is known as the Stilt Man. The Stilt Man. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he's just like pretty much just a, a street-level uh, goon on this uh, in this universe. He We see him initially... Uh, trying to traffic women through these shipping containers, kind of mm-hmm. like the wire. Yeah, um, a little more successful. They didn't die. Uh, yeah, well, uh, only because Daredevil was there to save him. Oh, true. Say. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Daredevil shows up, beats up. You know, we see a really cool fight scene of him taking out everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, which is one thing that's really great about this show in general is just like oh, great fights. The way they do street level kind of Daredevil fights, like essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, at least with a TV budget, it'd be really cool to see like a an MCU level movie budget Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Uh, but like the way, what with what they have access to, it looks really good for sure. Um, because there's like a, a scene and a fight scene later on in the second episode, which is very famous, called the hallway fight. Yeah, which pe- what, is what people call it. Oh yeah. Uh, which is like an all a long take of just him going like person after person, just fighting with everything he has. Although I mean, I haven't obviously this comes later. Is it the second season that the Punisher's in? Yeah. So like I've I've seen obviously the clip of the the prison fight scene. Yeah, that's like, also that's, a really good. That's one. like MCU level. Yeah, but I mean MCU level in terms of like effects. Like if you're doing like a super powered character, like Daredevil yeah, but should Daredevil's be like dodging. Not super powered. Well, he is in the sense that he has super senses and reflexes. Oh, I guess yeah. So like he, but like, it's not and, like he's going to be throwing guys through walls. No, but he'd be like dodging bullets and stuff. 
he he doesn't do that at all in the show. No, not really. I mean, uh, he kind of like kinda runs lame. out of the way of them, but he's not doing like acrobatic stuff. You no, know what I mean? Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah I like in, in the comics, he's like jumping on like yeah, walls yeah. and stuff. You know? Yeah, because in the comics, he like literally does like the uneven bars, like gymnastics. Stuff. Yeah, he's, like yeah. style. He's moves. got like he's got like straight up like acrobatics. Yeah, so yeah. Which he doesn't do in this. He's just like a brawler, pretty much. Yep. Um, which works for like because. Because otherwise they'd have to do more cuts and more special exactly. effects. Yeah, you yeah. can't have it both ways on TV. Exactly. Um, so they, I like the way that they went with it, just more street level. Like, at least then we're getting good scenes. Yeah, I still like it a lot. Yeah, and then we're still seeing the extent of his powers, too, like how he hears things and, and reacts to them. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that he's a blind dude doing that is impressive enough. Almost. Well, it shows you what he can do, right? Yeah. Because uh, that hallway... Th- and what's what I like, too, is that, like he also has limitations in this style of doing it, too, because yep. that hallway scene, what makes it really interesting for me is, like, he, the whole time he's fighting, like, he gets progressively, like, tired. Yeah. And, like, at one point, he even has to, like, stop to take a breath while the other guy's getting up. <laughs> and he's like, hold on. All right, let's do this. Let's go again. Yeah, uh, and he start, starts doing like the tire where he's trying to finish him off, and he does like the body punch where it, right. he, he uses just like his falling body weight to do the punch instead of like his hips. Yeah, exactly. It's like he's just too exhausted to actually throw a punch. Because that, that's what's fun about it is like you can see like his limitations. It adds like stakes to it, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Because he's not he's not Superman, you know, he's still like a human, so he's got to, he's doing the best he can which uh, with what he has. Yeah. I mean, he's still beating up 20 guys in a room. Right, exactly. <laughs> but he's not going to like, but it's, it takes everything yeah, out of him to do it. Yeah, it's still going to be a big effort. Yeah. Uh, the setup of this show, um, at least what they're trying to tell us, we don't see a lot of it, is that, because uh, what's interesting about modern Daredevil adaptations is Hell's Kitchen in the 80s may, may have been like a crime, like more crime heavy. It was real bad. Yeah, but. Now it's a hipster Modern place. day is, it's just like, a, it's just like a block away from Wall Street, or not Wall Street, a block away from Times Square. Yeah. And it's just like all stores. And it, it's a big hipster place. <laughs> right. Because it's like, because it used to be like kind of poor. It's like neat, it's a niche like neighborhood now. Right. So like, they, they kind of try to have to find a way to explain like why, like there's so much trouble in this area, <laughs> like why Daredevil's needed yeah. at all. So like the way they well, explain I mean, it is kind of clever though. Oh, well, yeah, with yeah, because uh, this ties in. Uh, this show doesn't tie in a ton to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it does in this way because mm. this show came out shortly after the first Avengers movie. Okay, so they set it up in the wake of that uh, alien attack by Loki on New York. Yep. So their their thinking is like there's been so much structural damage to all these buildings in the area that um, these these companies, namely Wilson Fisk and his allies, are coming in to like repair all the damage and kind of take control and like make a lot of money off this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, there's, there's even a line later by Owsley where he says like, Hey, what do we care if there's a vigilante going around every time they throw someone through a building, our margins go up 5%. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, okay. This is kind of an interesting take. Yeah. So it's just kind of cool how they use that as a way to kind of like modernize the dilemma instead of him just being like, I need to save Hell's Kitchen. Like, Matt, are you sure? Like there's other neighborhoods that could really use your help more. Like, yeah. No, this is the I, one. I really kind of just want to stay close to home. <laughs> <laughs> it's my hometown, man. Yeah. Give me a break. And uh, some of the other characters in this show, uh, I'm not as crazy. Like, I really like Stick. I really like Wilson Fisk. I really like Matt. I really like uh, Rosario Dawson's character, yeah, Claire, she's great. Uh, the night nurse. Mm. Um, some of the other characters I'm not crazy about. I don't really like Foggy in this show that much. He's, he's just okay. Kind of, yeah, I mean, he's endearing, but yeah. like he doesn't really provide much. Yeah, Karen is, is a little bit boring in my opinion. Foggy especially, though, I, I probably... He's, he's just, just like very cringe. I don't like it. I, I They tried to make him the goofy, like chubby friend. like. Yeah, but then he makes all these weird, uncomfortable jokes where he's like, you want to date me, don't you? I, <laughs> just I, kidding. I really hate like, that oh, dynamic. I hate, I hate it. it. <laughs> Making like these like oh, creepy it's jokes. It's so yeah. cringy. And then, you know, Karen's got to be like, ha ha. It's like... Uh, 
you're joking, I think. Yeah, it's like, oh, I hate uh, it. Just yeah. please stop. So this he so makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but Charlie Cox is great as Matt himself. Oh, um, it's awesome. And then oh yeah, and then I, I forget the name of the actor, but um, Ben Urich is also great in the show as well. Um, Who's he, that? He's the reporter for the. Uh, oh yeah, which should have been the Daily Bugle. He's a Spider-Man character. Yeah. No, and I I did. I remember where I was thinking of him from. He was uh, that one dude in Sopranos in like the second season. Oh, was he in Sopranos? Oh, interesting. He was like the when Tony was working with the congressman guy when they were trying to buy a bunch of property. Oh, okay. He was cool. like he was the guy who was like working in like the black communities and like selling off like repo or uh, like foreclosed houses and shit. Oh, okay. So a deep cut for our Sopranos fans out there. Oh yeah, <laughs> big Sopranos fans. They're good. <laughs> I wanted to, to make sure we watched up to episode four because I also wanted to make sure that you got some kind of intro to Wilson Fisk as well because I thought Vincent D'Onofrio, I haven't really seen him in anything leading up to this, uh, but he's awesome as Wilson Fisk. Oh, this. yeah. It was, from the what I've seen so far, it's been great. Yeah, because they couldn't really uh, cast someone as comically big as Wilson Fisk, but I think they did a good job getting someone who's like tall enough to like kind of have that imposing oh, yeah. uh, presence, and he's got like an interesting way of like talking to. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the the way they tie in Vanessa, especially later on, I, I could tell they were really setting up for some good shit too. Because he, and we'll see later on, like she kind of like gets into like the crime aspect of it, even too. Yeah, because she seems like kind of menacing herself. Yeah, even like just from her introduction. Yeah, and in the comics, like she'll eventually take over Wilson Fisk's like business when he goes out of commission too. Like she, gotcha. she's very much in the money. Okay. Uh, but his role in this is is, is really because uh, like the the episode we left off was like him. Uh, these Russian mobsters are, yeah. are trying to like bring an answer to back to him, be like, okay, we'll give you control, like we'll let you have what you want, mm. um, and like they've been like waiting so long on like giving back an answer because they want to keep their land, um, they're like they're they want to keep their territory, yeah, yeah, um, and Wilson Fisk like gets interrupted at at dinner, yeah, dude shows up to I'm presuming that's like his restaurant. It was yeah, or at least I mean, a, he had like 20, it was a very fancy restaurant. He had like twenty bodyguards in the room. Yeah, but there were unless that was just restaurants. There were security. other people eating there, unless those were like actors. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, it could have just been like he owned the restaurant, but like he eats there, right? So like, yeah, yeah. Because um, he busts in, he's like, "All right, we agree to the deal." It's yeah, like, it's dude, like, you could have like, just sent a text. It's like, thank you, Mister Fist. You're honorable, sir. It's like, dude, you're literally interrupting <laughs> you're him. Fucking up. It's a big fuck up. Idiot. And then like Wesley even tells him like, uh, you, you know, maybe a phone call would have sufficed. Like, yeah, yeah, that would have been appreciated. Like, you're giving them the answer they wanted. Like, all you had to do was give a phone call. Exactly. It's not like you have to, like, deal, like, negotiate with him. Or I guess he didn't totally have the answer they wanted because he did have to go there and tell them, like, oh, like... We need help. Yeah, like, yeah. Daredevil keeps beating the shit out of us. Yeah, like, we can't do so this he, I, So I guess he probably thought, like, I need to go in person or to, like, plead my case. Yeah, he wanted the bottom. But you gotta down. find that. You got better timing. Exactly. You gotta be smart about it. So then Wilson Fitz takes takes him out into the street and cuts his head off with a door. Yeah, not cuts it. Smashes Smashes it his head off with a door. It's brutal as <laughs> shit yeah i did i like i knew that the show was tbma so like yeah. up to that you know they'd been some blood and gore but i was not expecting that brutal yeah it, it's uh it's something um so i mean overall i mean the four but that's another thing that kind of goes to the but the, he's still like that domineering figure where yeah. it's like he can crush a man's freaking head with a car door right so it's a really it's a really good setup for him my only problem is that we're getting that in episode four which seems a little obnoxious you mean like later or early? Late. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's kind of how it was in the he, comic, I guess. But it's the main villain. Like he should like in it. 
But that's my main problem with, I think, the, the Netflix well, shows. Well, they, they teased him in ep- at the end of episode three. Yeah. So. But, I mean, think about all the stuff. Like, we skipped over so much stuff in these episodes because, like, I wanted to, I skipped over it on purpose because it's, like, really, bo- like, there's a lot of nonsense, boring stuff, like, with the Russians. And, yeah, like, yeah. All this stuff. Like, there's an origin story, like, in in Siberia, like, with the two Russians who are about to die in this episode. Yeah, like, they're making a knives a, out, a shiv of, out of ribs. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Like, this is cool, but, like, this is not necessary. We don't like, need it. Like, it's all padding because that's the problem with these netflix shows is like they're 13 episodes which is way too long for this yeah and like you're trying i get you're trying to give context to like characters you're introducing but like if it's just gonna be a scene out of nowhere oh, yeah. like oh, don't I'm, even do it i'm not buying that they're trying to create context i think they just like, need literally to time all they were trying to like confer there was that these brothers have a strong bond and they'll never go down without well, it does, a fight. it's not important they're about it's to not, die exactly it's not important <laughs> you're setting up characters that never matter <laughs> whose names i probably already forgot one of them i'm one I, of them was I, vladimir i only know that because that's what i would have guessed yeah, i think the other one was sergey that, that might just be another good guess it could be i mean that's <laughs> oh right god you're right the five popular <laughs> russian names um, but yeah, so it's just that's the the pacing of these Netflix shows is obnoxious. I I, I know, and and I get it's tough to kind of translate that. It's not tough. Like All a, you got to do is is cut episodes back to like nine episodes. Yeah, I guess. And then uh, now all of a sudden you have the same story, but less time to tell it. So every part is exciting. Yeah, I mean. Doom Patrol got it right. Yeah, exactly. Like I think that's the problem. Like you're because you, Netflix is like we want 13 episodes and then you start it's writing. Like you it. don't need it, right? So, but what what is how it should be working is you going to Netflix being like we have a story for nine episodes and then they'll be like here's nine exactly. Oh, uh, and not them being like we want 13 and you're being like okay I'll the, find them. It feels like they are straying away from that though. Like The Witcher was just eight episodes. Yeah, it could be. So it's kind of and like the the Defenders was only eight episodes, but that was the worst one. So I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they just uh, were helpless. Well, they probably didn't have enough cut or like uh, sort material or like actual well, stuff there's no source for material for that well no yeah. i'm saying like they probably didn't have enough ideas like writing oh, right. the show yeah they, no, they had no ideas i can tell you that much <laughs> uh but yeah so th- so we'll we'll talk about more about the uh daredevil season one and season two and i want to watch season three eventually just because i haven't even seen it yeah i definitely want to get um, through so that we'll show. break down we'll break that down more like when we have more time to kind of break into it all at once or like i said you can always uh if you want to go to our patreon at patreon.com slash comic book you can you can <laughs> At any time, force us to do a, a comic book. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we will read the book and watch the show or movie that you request. Uh, mm-hmm. As much as we, we can in a sitting. Like, if you want to request a whole season, by all means, we'll watch as much of it as we can get to. We'll give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> we got to four uh, in this one. Um <laughs> So if again, if you want to leave that uh, at our Patreon, you can you can if you want to let us know what uh, you know af- after you followed us, I'll probably notice. But if you want to send us a message on our Twitter at Agents of Podcast, or uh, you can also always uh, send us mail at Agents or it's Agents of Comic Book at Gmail If you send us mail, we'll always read it on the podcast. We're always interested to hear what people thought of the books we were have been reading. Oh yeah. Or if you want to request or recommend books we should read, like just in general on our off time too, be like, hey, I'm reading uh, Venom and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. You don't need to tell me that because I read it all every month. <laughs> it's amazing. I might need to know. Uh, but yeah, Eric might need some help. <laughs> uh, so we're always interested in what you're reading too, uh, or just what you're what you've been up to in your life. If you're mm-hmm. going on adventures uh, in other countries as an international assassin, I'd like to hear about that. That'd be kind of cool. I'd love to know it. I'll redact Another your name. Another leftovers callback. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll redact your name from the email. I don't have to read it if it's top secret. Oh, yeah. We're not snitches. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, uh, this like I said, this will be our final episode of the year. So we're going to be closed out 2019. Crazy year. Yeah. Uh, this, um, I would say if we're going to, uh, comic books in general, the year 2019, I wanted to just list out some of my favorite uh, books from the year. Uh, I really like uh, Immortal Hulk 
is coming out from Marvel from Al Ewing. That's like a horror themed like Hulk book, which is amazing. Yeah, that sounded awesome. I think everyone should read that. That's I think what a lot of people would agree is one of the best books of the year. Okay. Also, Venom by Donny Cates is amazing as well. Another great Marvel book going on. Okay. I'm gonna call out a, too many books here for what should be a ranking, but I'm gonna call out five <laughs> here. Uh, Venom is also one people should read. Uh, Runaways from Marvel is another really really good book. Uh, Probably one of the better team books Marvel has going right now. I'm going to call that one out, too. And just to get some indie books in there, everyone should read Gideon Falls. That's uh, from Image Comics. uh, uh, Jeff Lemire. Yeah, I've read the most most recent one, but I've read the first book. Oh, yeah, you did read Gideon Falls. That's right, yeah. But that Um, wasn't the one from this year, though, was it? No, that was two years ago. I think that was probably at the end of tail end of last year. But yeah, it's been strong as as fuck. That that book is awesome. Okay. I highly recommend Gideon Falls. And then also Redneck from also Donny Cates. I got two Uh, Donny Cates books in there. Uh, if you want to read about Southern vampires, it's pretty fun. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, surprisingly, no DC books in that list. <laughs> so sorry, DC. Not a great year. <laughs> sorry. sorry, DC. <laughs> Maybe next year you'll you'll make yeah, Paul's swinging, prestigious top five. <laughs> swinging a miss with uh, Doomsday Clock there. Although I guess that's been up for four years in a row. Oh yeah, there's other there's other DC books. It's not all on Jeff Johns. <laughs> well, obviously. Uh, although Superman Smashes the Clan is very good. I do highly recommend that. Yeah, that sounded awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, also anything six months or younger, I probably haven't read yet. So there's probably maybe some stuff at the end of 2019 I liked. I don't know that yet. Gotcha. Uh, but that'll be it for the year. We're not going to do any more podcasts for the rest of the decade, Eric. That's insane. Yeah, that's the last We've one. We've taken a decade. whole decade off. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're going to spend... How are you going to spend the rest of the decade? <sighs> well, I got to work two days. <laughs> well, but, you, uh, you could always change job. You could go uh, change your careers and be a vigilante. True. No, you know what I'm really looking forward to this week? Hmm. When I show up to a delivery and they go, oh, see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. See you next year. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>